So my mama used to say, Well, people show you what they are. Don't believe them, because they don't know who they are, so they could still be showing you an act. And besides that, how do you know if somebody's really showing you who they are versus when they're showing you an aberration of their typical behavior or some sort of abnormality in their being? How do you know when someone really shows you who they are? And my daddy would say, Baby, you think too much. Maybe I'll do too. Hmm. Lessons from the screen. So anyways, today we are going to be getting back into the Joe Biden Lift Every Voice plan. And we are going to be taking a look as we shift gears from education and get into healthcare. That's right. Today we're going to talk about his healthcare, or at least the first few points in his healthcare proposal, his plan for Black America. And this is vitally important nowadays because uh, Veronica is out here messing stuff up. Veronica is still. Uh, doing what she does in the way that she does it. And she's actually found new ways to twerk that thing and, and, and set some things on fire and make some people fall in love. You know, Veronica is making magic happen out here. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to be getting into his plan to make far-reaching investments in ending health care disparities by race. Uh, we're going to be talking about ensuring access to health care during Veronica's extended visit. And we're also going to be talking about his plan to invest in the diverse talent at HBCUs and MSIs to solve the country's most pressing problems, including health care disparities. And uh, yeah, PacSync is a black activist advocacy and think tank organization with the purpose of increasing the quality of life of black people in America through a focus on education, a culture shift in economics. And as always, you can check them out at www.pactsinc.org. That is packsync.org. And make sure that you leave a review, leave a comment, tell a friend, tell a friend, do whatever you can to support them because they're doing whatever they can to support you. Every dollar that you spend through Amazon Smile goes to a nonprofit of your choice. Make sure that the choice you make is the choice for Pax Inc. And we square. You fizz me? We fizz me. You fizz me. Who fizz me? You fizz me? Um dada, 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 um dada. Um shut up, shut up. Hey, you remember Dada's? I had some amazing Dada's growing up. The first pair of shoes I ever bought for myself were actually a pair of Dada's. And man, I wore the hell out of them things. I'm talking about, I wore them things so bad. I wore them out so bad. They had the big D-A-D-A -D -A on the side. Man, by the time I finally had to throw them things away, they didn't say Dada. They said, aha. But I love them shoes. Oh man, I love them shoes. And that's it for the stand-up comedy for today. Although that is a true story, let's go ahead and jump into this uh, Joe Biden's plan for Black America, focusing on the healthcare disparities. And the very first thing we're going to dive into, he talks about making far-reaching investments in ending healthcare disparities by race. And Biden starts this section like he starts all of the sections, showing that on a statistical level, at least, he knows the numbers. In this section, he draws attention to, with links to reports as usual, the fact that black people had infection rates in our communities three times higher and the kill rate six times higher than whites in their communities. 
at least as shown by an article from the Washington Post back in April of 2020 that basically showed that COVID was infecting and killing black folk at an alarming rate. And we know that that to be true, that article has been backed up by several other studies and reports over the uh, months that followed and leading continuing into this year. So Joe Biden's section here also draws attention to the fact that blacks are less likely to be insured as shown by data from the Kaiser Family Foundation, KFF, which is a nonprofit focused on national health issues and the U.S. role in global health policy and the CDC report on the health of non-Hispanic black people that was used to show the high rates of chronic health problems, which are those problems that made people more likely to die from COVID infection. Now, this is all tied together in a nice, neat little bow with the first solution based idea presented being embrace a bill from Kamala Harris to set up a task force to address racial disparities in COVID responses. Now, although Biden in his plan says the task force will address racial disparities in healthcare, the bill in question is the COVID-19 Racial and Ethnic Disparities Task Force Act. And the first interesting thing about it is that Kamala Harris is not the sponsor of the original bill. That would be Representative Robin Kelly of Illinois. And while she is the sponsor, Kamala Harris is the sponsor on the Senate version of the bill. The House version was introduced five days prior to the introduction of the Senate version. And as we just said, Kamala Harris was and is still getting all of the praise for that bill. I personally haven't heard anyone say anything about Representative Kelly, and it's been more than a year since the bill was introduced, which is the second thing about the bill. It's been more than a year since the bill was introduced, and it's still in committee in the House and appears to be dead in the Senate. So yeah, we're all just sitting on this boat and the boat don't float. You know what that means. Uh, hopefully you find a plank or something to hang on to and I guess you can let go of it and fall out to your death while the music plays and the girl stares at you. Whatever, anyways. What the bill did was require a task force be created within the Department of Health and Human Services made up of officials and healthcare professionals that would analyze the data from COVID and essentially make recommendations for how to use extra COVID funds to address the healthcare disparities by race and the treatment of COVID. The task force also terminates 90 days after the end of the COVID emergency declaration. So yeah, right. We know what happens with these reports. And for those of you that don't, it's the same thing that happened to this bill after Biden got elected. They disappear. But as an intro to this section, it was a very good intro. It's a very, very good intro, like all of the other intros. Whoever's writing the introductions to these sections for Joe Biden, whoever wrote these was fired. They need to be given a raise because they, they deserve major speech writing credits. I mean, this stuff is epic on the level of like the Bible and stuff like that. Like this is top notch prime quality writing going on right here. What we're witnessing with this, this bill, this, I'm sorry, the introductions to these sections. This is, this is phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. But anyways, he talks about ensuring access to healthcare during the crisis, which just so happens to be the very next section 
that we're going to get into today. This point highlights the fact that in March of 2020, Biden sent a letter to the Trump administration telling them that they should drop the lawsuit against uh, the ACA, aka Obamacare, <laughs> the ACA, aka OBCA. I tried it. You, you know what? Y'all gonna let me know. The letter highlighted that during the pandemic, people needed health care more than ever. Duh. And that having the law struck down during a pandemic was irresponsible and dangerous. Duh. Now, I'm going to get into something here because this is the definition of a pointless political maneuver that he used in his plan to attempt to garner points from basically every community that wasn't filled with Trump supporters. There was no chance, no chance, no chance, no chance, no ch Sorry, got stuck in the matrix. There was no chance that Trump was going to even give this letter a thought, especially not during an election year. And beyond that, it shouldn't even be listed in this document as it's not something that would be meaningful to the community is actually something that is meaningless if he became president and he did become president because as president he could drop the lawsuit himself and as mentioned earlier there was no chance that trump was going to listen there is literally no point to this even being mentioned in this section in any practical form whatsoever so you could say it showcases work he is doing before winning but it's work for the sake of appearances it's work that has no work behind it this ain't rihanna's work 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 this is one of them old school twerk work twerk work twerk work songs from florida and i'm a floridian so i could say that because i vibe to those songs by the way uh jayla young's new twerk song featuring trina that is my new workout song. I really like that instrumental. Really like that instrumental. Uh, Enigma, you did your thing. Finding, finding, uh, setting that whole thing up. Uh, if for those of you that haven't heard the song, just right here on YouTube or wherever you're watching this. You, you, well, if you're not on YouTube, you should probably go to YouTube and type in Jayla Young and type in work. If you're a nice, wholesome Christian family, you should probably stay away from the video. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of adult things going on in the video that I'm sure a lot of you would say are of the devil. But then again, why would y'all be watching me? Hmm. Whatever. Like I was saying, this whole thing was nothing about nothing about nothing when it came from nothing. So whatever. In any case, he goes on to say what he would do during the crisis to expand access to quality, affordable health care for all. And he says that he would create a public option, hasn't done it, and there is no guarantee that it would have had an impact, even if he did do it, for black people in America. And judging from the framing of everything else in this plan, I would venture to say that it wouldn't. Anyways, he goes on to say that he would provide full payment for premiums for COBRA plans. And according to the Department of Labor's website, the Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act, COBRA, told you, man, people, they love their acronyms, man. I told you. 
gives workers and their families who lose their health benefits the right to choose to continue group health benefits provided by their group health plan for limited periods of time under certain circumstances such as voluntary or involuntary job loss, reduction in the hours worked, or a transition between jobs, death, divorce, and other life events. Now, qualified individuals may be required to pay the entire premium of the coverage up to 102% of the cost of the plan. So needless to say, these plans tend to be pretty expensive and typically you are on the hook for the balance. But thanks to the passage of the American Rescue Plan Act in March of 2021, that, that, that was this past March, Biden can officially say that he has checked that one off the list. The ARPA makes it so that employers who have reduced the hours or terminated employees affected, affecting those employees' health care benefits now have to pay for the COBRA plans those employees or former employees take. And those businesses will then be compensated on a dollar for dollar basis from the government. So essentially the government is paying for these plans because the employers will pay for the plans and the government will pay the employers back for the cost of the plans. Now, this is in effect as long as the person didn't quit and weren't fired for gross misconduct. So if you, for instance, scammed your butthole and left it on your boss's desk, yeah. Or if you told your boss, Fuck this job. I don't need this job anyways. Yeah. 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 But who does that besides in the movies and besides like people that are really fed up with their job? Other than that, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Who does that? And who's really fed up with their jobs besides probably half or more than half of of black americans but besides all of that who do, who even does this stuff you know like this is movie stuff this is movie stuff so all that being said i still don't see this one mattering all that much is this is well this very section mentioned how black people were less likely to be insured in the first place now it was a good thing and it will affect the greater american society but as a point for black people, it shouldn't be here. Now, he also says he will increase Affordable Care Act subsidies. Which subsidies? Doesn't say. Moving on. He also says he will reopen the Obamacare enrollment so uninsured individuals can get insured. Yet another general point that doesn't really do anything for black people to close the disparities, the, the gaps. And then he says he will increase federal investments in Medicaid basically rewind it back like 20 seconds what i just said applies here too so then he goes on to say that he will ensure that people insured or not won't have to pay out of pocket for covid testing and treatment now this one is actually this one's actually directly useful to everyone and it does provide some ability to close the gap provided people have access to transportation to get treatment that also provides that, well, people actually go and get treatment. You know, this whole distrust of the government thing and the whole vaccination distrust thing that people have going on. You got to find some way to deal with that if you want to close the gaps here. You have to find some way to deal with the fact that a lot of people 
think that you are allied with Veronica. And I'm not saying that you're allied with Veronica. I am just saying that a lot of people seem to think that you and Veronica have a very close relationship. They think that you and Veronica have a uh, parent-child dynamic, a, a daddy-daughter type of situation going on. And you might want to address that because people are not going to go see you to get treatment for Veronica if they think that you are in cahoots with Veronica. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You got to deal with it. But all in all, this is just like the other points. It doesn't really do the job of closing any gaps as established by the introductory session. That's section, not session. I said section. So if you heard session, go get your ears checked because you heard wrong. It does help ensuring access to healthcare during the crisis, but it doesn't achieve the overall objective of parity. And finally, the last thing we're going to get into today is he wants to invest in the diverse talent at HBCUs and MSIs to solve the country's most pressing problems, including health disparities. Now, this is a point that has been talked about before because he has used it before, specifically talking about what he would do for blacks in education, which is literally the last show that I put out where I was sitting here talking to you guys about this plan. I mean, come on, but this is just lazy. Whoever you got to write the introductory sections, they should have written it. Like, you didn't even try to spin it a little bit to make it not look like the exact same. It's literally the exact same point. All of these sections get a D, but instead of going back into all of the details about this point, if you're gonna reuse content, from earlier sections, so am I. So, what we have, he's gonna make a $50 billion investment in workforce training, including community college business partners and apprenticeships. This section says he will create and support partnerships between community colleges, businesses, unions, state, local, and tribal governments, universities, and high schools to identify knowledge and skills needed in the community and to develop or modernize the programs created to facilitate that training. Now, the end goal of these programs is to lead to high demand industry recognized credentials. Then he asked people to go look at his education plan. Yep, he did that. There are no links or citations in this section. And basically this means a whole lot of nothing. Yep, like a lot of these things. Although some of them have some meat, but this one in particular means a whole lot of nothing. It conveys nothing. It's just another bullet point for the sake of making this document seem longer and more substantive than it actually is. We learned nothing new from reading this point about how money, the, the money that he's proposing will help anything. We haven't learned anything new. And to be clear, I agree with the thought that universities, businesses, and community organizations should be working together hand in hand in hand to make sure that the needs of the community are being met ahead of the curve. That is absolutely true. The problem is there's nothing here that's saying how this money will help facilitate that cooperation. And honestly, that cooperation shouldn't need to be incentivized by the federal government. But that is a conversation for another day. That is a conversation that 
we probably need to have when we have the HBCU conversation that I talked about last show or maybe it was a few shows ago. Anyways, all right, folks. So that's it for this show. I'll see you the next time we talk. We're going to continue diving into this plan unless something pressing comes up and I decide to, or I decide to interrupt and drop another show on you. But we're going to continue into this plan until we finish this plan. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you dislike. Let me know. Just, just let me know. Just talk. Just talk. We see the views going up, but I ain't seeing a whole lot of comments. You know what I'm saying? I ain't seeing a whole lot of comments. So definitely, I'll see you on the next episode of Lessons from the Screen. Lessons from the Screen.